0: Ooh, I feel sorry for this gentleman that asked this question. He sure got a earful from our Lord about this. If you unpack this a little bit, it's interesting what's between the lines here. Jesus is speaking to a crowd. Now, this is normal. Followers meant people that would follow while Jesus is speaking. So this is the normal way as he moves from place to place, they would literally walk behind him as he walks slowly. That was the typical way in that time. But regardless, here's a man who is being bugged by a sibling over an inheritance issue. Now, you, and, you, and, you all know, as well as I do, this is one of the great dividers of families throughout human history, no more so than today as any other. I heard many stories about Family, somebody's not speaking to someone else because of some loan or some perceived favoritism or injustice or an executor that took advantage you name it, I've heard it. And then, you know, and it's a shame that, that families break up over things like this, but it's pretty normal. First of all, we don't know whether this individual is, is telling, his, he's only telling his side of the story. We don't know that he's being cheated. We only have his word for it. Secondly, that brother had to be also there, or else how could Jesus have mediated it otherwise? So they must both be there. And this man um, speaks up in front of the whole crowd as if to put the brother on the spot. And so Jesus, in turn, speaks to the whole crowd and kind of puts the one speaking in his place a little bit. we get this sense of this that justice is not usually done in this world, but always in the next. We're not living in the kingdom of heaven. Now we all have to put up with injustice. We can't spare ourselves from things like this. Somebody's right and somebody's wrong, but Jesus doesn't take sides. Basically he's saying, who, who made me the judge of this particular issue about money? You go go to a, go to a a lawyer and talk to him, not me. I'm here to teach you something about your soul. And this is why he says, avoid greed. And he's probably looking at both of them at the time. Avoid greed because this is not what life is about. It's not about possessions. Again, you know, our Lord just sidesteps the whole issue. You see this with any sort of political thing or any hot button issue of the day. He generally, aside from talks about eternal life, he'll sidestep. And go right for the soul. And this is a really great way of looking at life. It's all of our problems, like the second reading says, if we keep, if we've died to ourselves, uh, if we really have our eyes on eternity, most of these things kind of fade away. This, whoever is cheating each other, I think our Lord is saying, let them have what they, whatever they want. They're going to get what they deserve uh, when the, uh, when justice is meted out. They will be, whoever, which one of you is right, will be the loser in the end. Something to keep in mind in this world where of so much, so much injustice is done and always has been. So then he tells this parable. And you might think at first he's condemning people that have three, three silos or something, but that's not it at all. He, our Lord deliberately is, is framing this in such a way that I'm sure some of you picked it up and many did not. I didn't for a long time myself, that this gentleman is self-centered. He thinks only of himself. Now, why do we know that? I, me, my, myself. Um, it's so, it's, it's almost sickening. What shall I do? I don't have enough space for my harvest. This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns. I shall store my grain. And I shall say to myself, you know, as for you, you have so many good, yuck. You know, who wants to be related to a person like this? Sheesh, does he have any relatives? I'm gonna eat and be merry and heck with all the rest of him. You know, he's got all this he's been blessed with, with with wealth and good land and sunshine and opportunities, and it all came from God, and God expects something in return for the benefits we've had in life. We're not all equal. You know, some are in first class, some are in coach, some are in the luggage department, sorry for the airline analogies, are stuck with it until I get thrown out of here, which doesn't look likely at this point. Um, but uh, I often, frankly, I go back to that because you know, when I didn't pay for it, I was in first class, and now that I do, I'm in, in the baggage department, in the luggage compartment, you know, with the sardine cans in the back. But you have to pass, you know, the first class is boarded first, I, don't, I, never, I never think low of anybody in that part of the cabin because they're paying for the whole trip, and that's the, that's, that's the honest truth. And that's why they get all the amenities. They're paying for the airplane, and, and they don't mind. And this is the way business works, and And it may not be just or it may be just, but in in the Lord's world, things are often going to be reversed. We don't know who on the plane is really wealthy. You know, we get, they get to sit there with their drinks already while we get herded like cattle. I remember once we were going in uh, when I was still working there, and somebody started calling out, ah we we were all mooing. God, it was so funny. <laughs> Airline didn't like it, though. <laughs> but you know how it is. But, you know, we also have to file off. And in that moment, we find out where we're going. And that home is forever a person who brags about being in the front of the plane, everything on the plane, including our bodies, is left on the plane. We get a new one based on how we lived our lives. And this is critical to understand, is that when we've been given blessings like this man, Lord's not condemning him for being rich, he, but in that culture, the richer you were, the more blessed you were by God. He's saying, no, it's not like that at all. It's what have I done with what I've received And he wants us to be rich in heaven. So, this man was called to share his bounty with others. This is why uh, I don't talk about this usually, but once or twice a year. But I think tithing is really critical because those investments will last forever. It it could be money, but it can also, some don't have the resources that others do. Depends on your state in life and uh, years in life. But uh, we can all pray and tithe some time to God or help out around here or our time for our families and other or people that we run across that we make a little extra time for. The, the list is endless, but the point is these are our investments, whether you have a portfolio or not, that should be in it. And our Lord is very clear about this. This person thought only of themselves, and they're going to get exactly what they, what they deserved nothing. Our our successes and our reward will have human faces on them. And if this man didn't notice any of those human faces, he's the loser for it. This is why we can't judge people based on how much they produce for God or how little. God only asks of you what you can give and no more. Uh, He doesn't. But when we have more, he expects more. And only you know the answer to that. But he's very generous and wants to make us rich in heaven. But it really is up to us how we respond. I was thinking about um, I, my Aunt Helen. Uh, she was, uh, I, I love this aunt very much, my mother's sister. I guess that's obvious. Uh, and she and we, I grew up in Ohio. She was my rich aunt because she had air conditioning in Ohio in the 1960s. Anybody live in the Midwest at some time in their lives? The humidity, you know. We had a dehumidifier. Somebody reminded me of this. It was full every morning, you know. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, her air conditioning was a window unit in the kitchen, okay. (laughs) It wasn't exactly these days. You wouldn't think of that as being particularly um, wealthy. But... um, Her, uh, uh, My uncle was the vice president of a major corporation in this country and for some reason they were very insurance rich or insurance poor you might say and so she received quite a bit of money when he had an untimely death and so when my mother was dying she would come out from now in California she would come out from from Ohio and helped a number of times with her mother Uh, so I had three mothers around the house it was really a trial but I took time off purgatory for that. But, uh, but my aunt would help out a lot, and I really loved her for that. And she was kind of kidding around with me because she was always you know, work, working on you know, investing and stuff. And I said, you know, when you're young you say dumb things, but I said, Aunt Helen, you have enough. Why do you keep working so hard? And she said, well, um, she was sort of kidding, but she said, uh, I want to leave all of my children a million dollars each. This is the 1980s, right? I said, Aunt Helen, please put me in the will. to answer you, your question, she didn't, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, but I loved her. She came out for my uh, ordination, my parents were long dead, and uh, I just appreciated it to death. And uh, she, you know, but she was a wealthy woman and not, not that way. Uh, she ended up with dementia, God love her, and it was pretty bad. Uh, in my family, you either get that or die in your 60s, so I'm not sure what to pray for. I think I want to pass at 69.99, you know. Uh, I haven't decided what to pray for yet, but she, at great cost to herself, took care of, of Grandma, uh, and, uh, and some of you have done this. It. it we only ha- We have a certain limit, and everybody has a different one, and, you know, uh, if you can, you can. If you can't, you can't. You're not sinning. You have to put them in a, in a home. But she kept her longer than she should have, and she herself got that only five years later. So you see how, how rich she was in giving of herself like that. That's real wealth, and I never forgot that. You know, so, and I might say also, as she forgot who she was, we never forgot, and neither did God. We are simply receptacles of an eternal being. When the body wears out, our essence, who we are, our personalities are never forgotten. Uh, just an aside, you know, she forgot who I was. We put a picture of my ordination there, but it didn't help. But I had some stories from when she was young. And I said to her once, I said, Aunt Helen, do you remember when you took my mother? She was she was a little older. She was a little younger than she they she was jealous of my mother's hair. So she took her under the under the, under the stairs at the house and cut her hair off out of jealousy. He was five years old or six years old. And I said, do you remember doing that? And she says, oh, that was very naughty of me. So I got to remember that. Okay, so I shouldn't have told that story. <laughs> D-U-L-L. Uh, but um, our Lord, people who don't get it are trying to find uh... security where it doesn't exist we all know all the money in the world couldn't save her from that and really our ability to prepare for the future is extremely limited usually what we anticipate is not what happens in this world let's face it our lord is the one that anticipates for us we are called as Christians to keep our eyes fixed on the world that never ends. And in that way, we are getting prepared for getting off the airplane as well as living on the airplane. We should thank God for whatever cabin we're in it, because God has blessed us wherever we are. But where the surprises come when we get off. And That's what our Lord asks us to prepare for. That's what life is about, and it's a very short flight. And our Lord really wants us to understand as His friends, and then to go out and help others to understand. That's what we do for others, not self-centeredness. Self-centered people are not liked in this world, and our Lord doesn't care for it either. So we should. Babies are like that, but but adult, mature human beings. Should not be, and that's just human, That's just common sense, isn't it? Really. So our Lord is then giving us this wonderful example, and he, um, uh, in so doing, he encourages us to seek the things that last, and to be wealthy in the sight of God, which is to be rich indeed.